of the While You're Single podcast. Glad that you joined us again this week. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and um, the goodness of God and all that God has done for us is reason enough for us to give thanks to God every day. I'm sure uh, you had all the turkey and all the food that comes with the Thanksgiving season that you ate. Hope you had a great time. All the same, we have a lot to thank God for. And I want to thank you for joining the program again this week. Welcome to the program. We have been talking about protecting relationships from the enemy. And last week I began to look at how the devil first came against relationships, and that's back in Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, God creates the environment. In Genesis chapter 2, he creates marriage, Adam and Eve. And in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve pretty much lost everything that God prepared for them, the environment, um, their relationship with God, um, the oneness, the unity they had in their relationship with one another. In Genesis 1.26, God says, let's make man in our image and let them rule, them rule, not him rule, but them rule. 27, God creates man in his image. In his image, he creates him. What does it mean by him? Male and female. He created them. Then in Genesis 5, 2, it says on the day that God created man, he created male and female, them. And he gave them the name man. My point was, Adam and Eve were under the umbrella of man. So when God created man, it means he created both Adam and Eve, whose names were not mentioned at the time, who were just man. They were... Adam and Eve were both under the umbrella of the man or mankind that God created. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, after God brought the woman to the man, the man gave her a name. What was the name? Woman. Because you were taken out of man. Genesis 2, 23. So she has a name. Woman. That name was a reflection of their unity, their oneness, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, their harmony. But in Genesis 3, verse 20, after the devil came and attacked the relationship through deceiving Eve and causing both Adam and Eve to disobey God, then Adam gives her a name, another name, Eve. Eve is just a reflection of Eve. So now you have Eve, one person, and you have Adam, another person, as opposed to the man and the woman who were one. But after the devil came, it created separation. And that separation is still happening today in relationships. A lot of times there's divorce or relationship breakup because one person wants to be themselves or one person is forced to be who they aren't. A healthy, godly relationship is one of synergy. It's when the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. It's a relationship where you can be you and the other person can be with themselves, but it's in conjunction to the relationship. It is where one partner or the, the man supports his wife, regardless of what her expertise is. He supports her personality. He supports her purpose. He's there for her, even if she's doing something that is not directly in line with what he's doing. But they support each other. She supports him. She is uh, loving him. She lets him be himself while supporting and loving him. He lets her be herself while supporting and loving her. But that's not the dynamic in a lot of relationships. Instead, what we have is people fighting each other to do things either the other person's way, either the woman's way or the man's way. And there's unnecessary friction, which eventually leads to a breakup in relationship. And that's a picture of the devil coming in to wreak havoc in that relationship. But here we see that we have a problem. The problem started in the Garden of Eden and still exists today. 
So how are we able to overcome and protect our relationships, whether it's familial, whether it's um, marital, whether it's um, business related, whether it's friendship related, how can we protect our relationships from the enemy? Well, let's explore further. To overcome the enemy, to protect our relationships from the devil, there are three things that we need to know. Three fundamental things that we need to know. Number one, we need to know that we are at war. Spiritual war, that is. We are at war. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, it says, The weapons of our warfare, I'm not quoting the whole scripture, I just want to mention the first part. It says the weapons of our warfare, referring to spiritual warfare, our warfare, not your warfare, not my warfare, not somebody else's warfare, not God's warfare, our warfare. We are at spiritual war. Hosea 4, 6 says, God says, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge, not knowing that we you and I at, at war, a spiritual war, so to speak, leads us in trouble, can cause us to perish in our relationships, in our efforts, because we are not understanding that there are forces coming against us because there's a spiritual war going on. So number one, we need to know we are at war. Number two, we need to know the enemy. You need to know the enemy. And the enemy is revealed in 1 Peter 5, 8 and Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary or your enemy. The devil walks about or prowls like a roaring lion looking for whom to devour. Ephesians 6.12 says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Different translations phrase them differently, but the bottom line is there are spiritual forces that we're dealing with. The New King James Version says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, all of whom are under the umbrella of the devil. The enemy is the devil. It's not the guy. It's not the lady. It's not people. It's not your boss. It's the enemy. It's the spiritual forces behind the actions of the person or the boss, or whoever you have in mind, thinking they're your enemy. They are not the root of the problem. They are the fruit of the problem. The devil is like the puppet master, pulling our strings and causing us to come against each other and say things against each other, while all the while he's behind the scenes laughing, his legs crossed, sipping a spiritual Bacardi, saying, I got them exactly where I want them to be. Here's the problem, just like in, back in the garden. Adam and Eve were fine until he showed up and spoke to Eve. In that story, the devil used the woman. He deceived the woman. He used the woman 
against the first Adam, but he used the man against the last Adam. He used the woman against the first Adam. He used the man against the last Adam. In John chapter 13, verse 2, he talked about how the devil had put it in his heart, in Judas's heart, to betray Jesus. Then in verse 27 of John 13, he says, he entered Judas. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. In verse 2, he only made suggestions to Judas. He, he baited Judas. And Judas took the bait. And in verse 27, he entered Judas. Which lets us know a couple of things. There was a time that the devil was not in Judas. Just like there's a time that the devil is not in our relationships. Is not in the person is using against you. Is not in us influencing us against others. So we need to figure out, okay, why is there progression from just making suggestions or baiting us to all of a sudden having control of us? That is what we're trying to deal with. Because when we understand the process and his acts and his activities, then we can overcome him and prevent him and protect our relationship in the garden. Because the devil came and wreaked havoc in that relationship. They lost their environment. They lost their bond with God. They lost their oneness. And they suffered a lot, a lot more, more losses. In chapter 4, they gave Adam and Eve gave birth to Cain and Abel. They lost Abel. Because Cain killed Abel, and because Cain killed Abel, he was cursed, so they lost Cain as well. In Genesis 1.28, the Bible says God blessed the man he created, told them to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. They were fruitful, but they divided instead. He told them to be fruitful and multiply, but they were fruitful and divided. Doesn't that sound like a lot of relationships? You may get married, but you're divided. You're fruitful in getting married, but you're divided. There's division in the relationship, division between the man and the woman, division with the children, division with the family members, division in church. The church might be growing on a large scale in the context of, a, uh, of the church around the world, but there's division, one denomination against the other. It shouldn't be that way because we are allowing the enemy to come between us. We need to stop that from happening. And one of the steps, two of the steps is number one, you know, that there's war. Number two, you know the enemy, the devil. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 says, do not give the devil a chance. Some translations say, do not give him a foothold. Judas gave him a foothold and he blew that door wide open and got Judas to betray the last Adam, Jesus. But thank God for the last Adam. Through that betrayal, he went to the cross and saved us all. And gave us the opportunity to reverse all the enemy did. Basically, he defeated the enemy by going to the cross. Jesus has finished everything that needs to be done. We just need to align with his plans and walk in what God, in what Jesus has given us the victory for. We need to understand his processes, understand his ways, understand his word, which gives us an edge against the enemy. And that is what we're doing now. So number one, know that we are at war. Number two, know the enemy is the devil. And number three, know the tools that God has given you to overcome the enemy. The weapons of our warfare.
are not carnal but mighty through God and pulling down strongholds and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and brings into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. But here's my point. We have weapons of our warfare. Not only do we have warfare, we have weapons. What are those weapons? We need to know what those weapons are. I've mentioned the sword, the word of God. I've mentioned worship, prayer, the spiritual things. And I'll elaborate further later on. But to prevail against the enemy, to protect him from our relationships, the ones we hold dear to our hearts, our marriages, our families, friendships, and business relationships that are important to us, that God has brought to us, we need to know, number one, that we are at war. Number two, know the enemy, the devil, and the spiritual forces. And three, know the weapons that have been given to us. So how do we use these things? How do we now, okay, go forth? We've got the spiritual stuff done. We've got the knowing done. We, we've got the spiritual stuff. So what are the practical things that we can do to help us prevail? Over the years, I've come to observe and conclude there are basically four approaches to spiritual warfare. Four approaches to spiritual warfare. Three of those approaches are legitimate approaches. One of those approaches is illegitimate. Now, you might be listening and saying, okay, Tokes, you tell me that there are four approaches to spiritual warfare, and yet three of those approaches are legitimate approaches, and the fourth is not legitimate. Then why are you telling me about the fourth? I'm telling you about the fourth approach because it's the approach that is used the most. Therefore, it's important for you and I to know what that approach is so that we stop using that approach and use the other approaches that are necessary and vital for spiritual warfare. So there are four approaches to spiritual warfare. And what are they? Find out in the While You're Single podcast next week. Thank you very much for listening. I hope it has been a blessing. I hope you've been informed and inspired. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the While You Are Single podcast. We hope that you were informed, inspired, and impacted. O.J. Tokes has written a life-changing book titled Rejected for a Purpose, How God Uses Rejection to Help You Find and Fulfill Your Destiny. If you would like to learn more about the book, please visit ojtokesministries.org. That is ojtokesministries.org. If you like Christian inspirational hip hop, check out OJ Toke's Christian inspirational hip hop album, A Breath of Fresh Air, which is now available on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, and other music outlets. You can also learn more about his music by going to ojtokesministries.org. Thanks again for listening to the While You Are Single podcast, which OJ Tokes presents weekly, every Monday. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share with your friends and join us again next Monday. Until then, take care and stay blessed.